0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us?
1: Hi villains and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast with Neil and Paddy again and we're coming to you today on a historic day for Aston Villa. It is the day that we broke our transfer record and we finally got our man, Dean Smith's man, the man that seemingly Dean Smith has, has basically always wanted since he got into, the, got into the frame in Aston Villa. And we signed Ollie Watkins for 28 million or so, um, rising to 33 from Brentford today. As I say, historic day for the club, uh, finally beginning to spend what for us is big money. You know, that's two years in a row we've broke our transfer record. Obviously, the transfer world has very much so progressed since we've since the days when we were up there with signing Darren Bent for 18 to 22 and uh you know everybody's kind of kicked on and and we're kind of catching up with that but uh Ollie Watkins is in as I say uh by all accounts everybody was just waiting for this to happen even within the club I think Ollie Watkins is waiting for it himself they're waiting to agree a fee and once we got news that the fee was agreed late last night um you know, Paddy texted me this morning and said, "Expect an announcement pretty early," and and we did get that announcement very early. And as I mentioned, Paddy texted me last night. Paddy is here today as well to chat to us. And Paddy, I suppose, what's your feelings on the whole thing? How are you? How are you feeling after that?
0: I'm I'm delighted we have him. Um, and <laughs> there's there's a really unusual video doing doing the rounds of a behind the scenes footage of today when he arrived and he just looked at Dean Smith when he arrived and went, finally,
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you
0: know, it's, it's obviously been a slow burner for him as well. And it's something that he really wanted. So the two of them seemed genuinely delighted to see each other. There was no, uh, awkward fist pump for, uh, for COVID reasons. There was a big hug. So, um, uh, Dean Smith is obviously very happy. He's got his man. Um, I'm happy that we seem to have a fantastic goal scorer. Um, Spent eight minutes of my life (laughs) this evening watching his uh, 26 goals from Mm. last season. Um, Surprised me a little bit because I I had a kind of different opinion of of how he scored his goals. But uh, mostly in around the six-yard box, headers, left foot, right foot, there was, I th- think, I counted three that he either hit from the edge of the box or ran into the box with. So, um, we, I, I suppose, the best way to describe him would be kind of like Tammy in the air, with a with a little bit of of the Robbie Fowler, Fox in the box kind of goal scorer as well. So, um, I think if we can give him the you know, feed it feed him the ball that he'd been getting last year, I think we'll get goals out of him. So fingers crossed, I I've no doubt in his ability and he obviously is a very confident young man as well. So um yeah, all good, very happy and looking forward to seeing what he can do now.
1: When you mentioned when you said rugby, I thought that you were gonna have the same comparison that I had for him. I actually think he's a bit like Robbie Keane in the way that he can get in behind defenders. And yes, he's not the tallest man in the world, but he gets up and he maneuvers his body in the air for headers. And I know Robbie Keane wouldn't be really known for his heading ability and so on, but he did score a couple of them. And when he, like, when, when he had to, he put his head in there, uh, like, yeah you know, I don't want to raise your blood pressure too much. I know you're going to play soccer and you know, there is probably isn't any medics there, but I don't want you to have too high blood pressure before you go. But if it was Ali Watkins, that was running in to head that ball against Everton or to, to score that goal against Everton instead of El Ghazi. I don't think we would be having the same conversation for the four episodes as we did after no. El Ghazi went to his foot and, hit it all, and uh, kicked it over the bar. Uh, and that's what I liked about him. But, I can't remember who, who the goal. Is. I know the exact clip that you're, lo- you're looking at It's the one that has all these twenty six or twenty five goals from last year. And I think it's actually, I think might actually be Brentford that actually have released it themselves. But yeah. uh, he's playing against the team. I can't remember who it is. They were playing. They were playing in dark blue, and he gets in behind behind the defense. So there's a ball that's played over the top, and he gets in behind the defense. But the ball is played away from goals, and he almost kind of takes it. On his chest, as it bounces, takes it on his chest and hits a a volley and it goes right in the postage stamp in between the, you know, right in the top corner. And I looked at that and I went, Jesus, this is that was a cracking goal. Then you see the variation of goals. You see other ones where he's just looks like he's born at the back post. He looks like that's where he was born to play the game and then you go Jesus that's great actually we're going to have a back post lurker then the next goal shows up and he's running across the defender to get to the front post or to get in front of a goalkeeper there's other ones then where he's putting back onto the penalty spot to get a get a ball that's a low ball in where maybe he takes a shot the shot deflects back off the defender and he's still going for the ball gets the ball again and then goes with his left foot and drives it into the goals you know so and I know we're all on the hype train at the moment because he's just signed. But you see the variation of goals he scores. He scores the absolutely sublime goal. He scores the dirty goal. He scores the clever goal by pulling back onto the onto the penalty spot. And then he scores the one where he just has to have endeavour to get to the back post. And that's why he reminds me a small bit of Robbie Keane because Robbie Keane could do all that you know, when he was playing. And I know, once again, everybody's probably going, look, listen to it and go, yeah, there is a a footballing world outside of Ireland, Neil. You don't have to just pick an Irish (laughs) guy to to compare him to. But he's not wickedly fast, as in, he's not not blistering pace like Aaron Lennon. He doesn't have unbelievable skill, like maybe a Fernando Torres. And he isn't that all-encompassing, completely, unbelievably complete striker, like maybe a Sergio Aguero. But he's bloody good at everything he does. You know, and that's why 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 I like him, and that's why that that clip actually really 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 stood out for me, and um, and and that's why I think Dean Smith has him here. Uh, biggest thing that I, I I'm reading into from all of this, and same thing about Matty Cash is, and remember if this is Dean Smith's, it's Dean Smith's really kind of first uh, transfer window with his hands on the wheel. That could be one of the reasons as well why we're taking so long. Maybe he's saying, I prefer to wait a bit longer to get the guys I want. And I know that contradicts something that he said earlier about Douglas Luiz not wanting to have guys in two days before the start of the season. Mm-hmm. We're not in danger of having that. We've got our striker in. We've got our right back in. But this is the first time he's looking for he, – it's his remit for players. And what, I'm, what everybody's saying about Maddie Cash is – Cash was, is a great person. A great person. You don't have to worry about him. He's a solid individual, nice guy. He comes from a deadly family, really nice family. You hear the exact same thing about Ollie Watkins. You read all the charitable work he does. You read all the work he does with he did with the with that um that super fan that that, that um that sick child that uh, that was a Brentford super fan. He really took him under his wing, kind of like Defoe did with the with, with that child at Sunderland as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't remember his name. You know, good people. Bradley. Bradley. That was it. Good people, good people, the two guys. And I know people, I know everyone will throw out the whole good guys finish last, but it's culture building. When you get young guys in there that can do that, both of them on five-year contracts, the club aren't afraid to give them big contracts because they know the character of these guys and they know the potential that they have. And that's an underlying and an under kind of, um, how would I put it, an underrated kind of aspect, I think, to the two signings that we've made kind of went off in a rant there, but I just had to get Sorry. that out.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. I, I listened to um a guy that does a Brentford podcast today, speak mm. about him. And the guy was just gushing, talking about him. And considering they just lost him, I thought it's a really strange conversation to listen to. But uh, they have nothing but love and respect for him. You know, he openly admitted they're a selling club. So... He was used to this kind of scenario where they lose their, their top players every couple of years. Um, but again, had nothing but good things to say. Absolutely gutted, obviously, that he was moving on, but um kind of left it that he would be more or less a villa fan looking on from, from the championship, looking at him. Um you know, let's not forget as well that he, he was retrained a couple of years ago from being a wide player into a centre forward. So the possibility exists that he will from time to time prop up um, you know where, where we see Trezeguet and El Ghazi at the minute so um, there's no reason why he can't be part of the wider part of the front three as well if we've got the likes of Wesley and Samata back and doing well so um, yeah it's, the, the vibes are all good it's all positive and I think it'll springboard now you know it's statement of intent I think I think they'll uh, I think they'll come they'll come in now and buy the players around them that they need that will um you know will feed him with the balls that he needs to score goals and that's mm-hmm. for me now that's the, the ultimate worry um you know we we weren't feeding Le- uh, Wesley or Samata throughout this season getting balls in from from wide from wide areas not enough anyway so I'm hoping that you know the checkbook will 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 stay open and and they'll keep writing and get get a few more players in. Um, I know there's been a few more touted, but I say he needs to to offload a few as well. So, um, let's see what happens in the co- in the coming days. But um, the overriding feeling is that everybody's happy that it's done and dusted.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned that he's been uh been retrained and so on. And and I listened to the same uh, podcast. It was the guys in the uh, current Blue. And um, actually, I was speaking to Billy from the Besotted podcast as well over the last few days. And, uh, and we might get him on ourselves here to or one of the guys from the Besotted uh, podcast to chat about Ollie Watkins. Um, but I was speaking to, to Billy, as I said, via, via email. But um, uh, one thing that I heard, or one thing that they, that they said was that not only was he retrained, but he was retrained kind of on a whim because they sold Neil Mope. Late enough in the in the off season, and then they wanted to go buy people. I can't remember the player that they said they wanted to buy. He was from he was from from um, the continent. They wanted to buy him, but the agent started playing the Mickey, and they pulled out of it. And they said, "Right, we got to do what we got to do what we have." And it was the case at uh, that stage of Ali, you're going to play up front, you know, and and it, and, and that kind of application from a young player uh, just before the season is going to start. Uh, granted that he had played there a small bit before for Exeter, you know, but but not really at at, at a high level. And he comes in and scores twenty six goals in his first season, ninth highest ever goals goal tally for um in the Championship ever of all time. And now he's ended up at Aston Villa for the bonds of thirty million. It's it's fairy tale mm-hmm. stuff. And the guys from Brentford were saying that they like they they were they're they're adamant that you know this guy could go on and play for England and. you talk about 30 million or when you talk about 28 rising to 33 if you get an England international for that well who's gonna who's gonna care about what the price point was it's just not gonna matter absolutely um i suppose the one negative
0: is that we we seem to have missed out on buying them last year for a lot less um but you know i think that extra year in the championship scoring goals and, and and backing yourself to uh to score that amount of goals in a season it can can only be a good thing. So if you're if you're paying for a more accomplished striker this year, then him not being able for it last year, that extra year might might stand to him. Um, it's a it's a big step up. There's no question about yeah. it. But um, you know people people say when we tried to spend similar amount of money on Tammy last year, that he was unproven in the Premier League. We we would have still spent it because someone who scores just below the level of the Premier League that amount of goals. Is definitely worth a punt at that stage, even if it is a little bit of a risk, but a risk I'd be happy to take.
1: Hey, Paddy, last year we were, we were in the running and almost signed Kevin Phillips for 30 million. A midfielder, yes. defensive midfielder for 30 million We know you signed him from Leeds Haven't heard one person mention about that Everyone at the time were like Yeah, let's slap the balls in the table We're back in the big time You know, we are Premier League club Let's spend like drunken sailors And and uh, look, I don't know if that was If that was what the price was actually going to be But it was rumoured at the time that Leeds went to 30 million Now Calvin Phillips makes his England debut yesterday and uh, Played unbelievably well in the Championship Has an awful lot of steel But he didn't score 26 goals you know, do you play a 30, 30 and look, this isn't and negative And Calvin Phillips. I would have loved to have had him had him in the, in the team. think he's a really, really nice player. I think he's better than a nice player. I think he's a really, really good player and um, didn't quite go for him for England and his debut, but that's not, I don't think it's his fault. I think that's, that's more the fault of the, of the coaching staff that are there at the moment. But, um, you know, if you're paying the same amount of money for 26 goals in the championship, I think when you weigh things all up and all things you know, put together, that's quite, that's, that's a decent enough return, you know, considering where football is. And, and I know that we'll have a lot of people, like there, and me included, I'm, I'm talking about myself in this, this is almost autobiographically when I say this, that I struggle at some, sometimes to realise the amount of money that's been spent on transfers now. I struggle when you see Wolves spending 35 million on an 18-year-old kid, you know, and Wolves, Wolves fans don't bat an eyelid. They're kind of going, yes, great potential, now who's next? That's wolves that are doing that. five years ago, wolves would wolves. Probably could have been bought for thirty-five million. You know, Uh, the world, the worm has turned. And when you see people going, no, I don't value like like the the Callum Callum Wilson one was was pointing case. Wouldn't buy him for twenty million. I'd only spend seventeen max. Three million wouldn't get you like in in the greater scheme of things. Three million wouldn't buy you a drink in the Premier at the Premier League uh, dinner table. You know, so. So that, that's just the kind of the greater scheme of things. And I'm guilty of this too. Like Emmy Martinez, and we'll get on to talking about Emmy Martinez soon. When I yeah. see the numbers being being quoted for him and I go, realistically could end up being a backup goalkeeper. And then I think about it and I go, if you talk about football inflation, it's probably almost a thousand, like, like the, the fees are probably almost about 20 times, should I say, bigger than they were Fifteen years ago, so like the, the the appreciation as opposed to depreciation of, of contract values and player values has been immense, and, and it's happened so quickly that I think that us as fans have struggled to kind of get our heads around it. I, as a fan anyway, certainly have struggled to get my head around it. But um, when you put it into into the perspective of thirty million for Calvin Phillips last year, would have signed it in a heartbeat. Thirty million for Ollie Watkins this year, after twenty six goals, six assists. And scoring the ninth highest tally of all of all time ever in the championship, only 24 years of age in his first year playing as a striker. I think it sells itself really. Of course it does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get on Demi yeah. Martinez as well. I think, Paddy. Yeah. Uh, I know little to nothing other than what I see pop up. From uh, I, because I haven't done a lot of digging into the background about whether Martinez actually wants to leave because I'm of the opinion, I've always been of the opinion that he's in the exact same situation in, in Arsenal as he would be if he came to Villa probably more in the short term at Villa that he would, yes, get the first four or five games and then he would be in a battle for it with Heaton and I think if he stays at Arsenal where he's only got two years remaining on his contract Bernd Leno ain't going anywhere any anytime quickly time he's too. only a young yeah. international goalkeeper himself so that's probably the only difference. But talk to me about Martinez uh, and tell me what, what, what your feeling is in that because I don't have a feeling high up or low down other than I know he's a decent goalkeeper.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I think we discussed last week that the only game I've seen him playing was the FA Cup final. Um, and he he looked really accomplished there and I, I'd be more than happy to, you know, if if the figures that are bandying around eight ten million million for a goalkeeper that standard, I'd be happy to pay it. Um I think from his personal point of view, from what I read today from an Argentinian journalist, is that he needs to be playing football in order to play international football. And I think Mm. that's his motivation. I don't think he's going to get a game for Argentina if he's playing at a lower level or Mm. in a lesser league. So I think he sees the opportunity to come into Aston Villa. He'll be guaranteed four or five games until we have... uh, what is perceived to be our number one back? I don't know if uh, he might overtake him in the meantime. We never know, and he may he may be the future for we that we don't know how long we'll have Tom Heaton or what's he thirty four, thirty five you now at this stage.
1: Thirty four, he'll be yeah, he's thirty four yeah. years of age. Be thirty five next uh, next April, fifteenth of April, it's I think. It's, it's hard, hard to, to say 35. with a goalkeeper
0: because we, we know that the ones that look after themselves can can play at the top level nearly up till they're forty, you know. So, but there could be a
1: few years left in Tom Heaton I know Cruciates aren't what they used to be but yeah. Cruciates at 34 are it's probably tough. still what they are what they were yeah. because and like and I know it's you're not doing as much I'm not going to say you're not doing as much twisting and turning and goals but you're not in control of your body sometimes when you throw your body at, at, at a save or you throw your body in the way of a ball or you're sometimes you know your leg often gets caught underneath you I'm not of those. Yeah. Tom Heaton out I'm just saying that back in the old days i remember in world cup was it 94 we didn't have nyle quinn yeah we didn't have nyle quinn in 94 because he had a cruciate ligament injury and everybody thought he'd have to retire in 1994 now he went on to play for about five or six years after that and it was considered one of the first successful rehabilitations from cruciate Mm. cruciate ligament injury and now we think of cruciates like you, you hear people who've done their cruciate three or four times and they're still playing you know absolutely sport. yeah for a sport. it's a completely
0: for a sport. when you did your crucius 20 30 years ago you were in bed for four or five months Um, my nephew did his crucius <laughs> he plays at a fairly decent level Um, he did his crucius there about two years ago and he was up walking the next day mm. that's just how far the the you know the yep the medicine has come since then that they know they know how to do it and how to fast track it and their whole idea is that you recover quickly by getting up and walking the next day and, you know. And usually, you know, uh, in,
1: instead of trying to rebuild the cruciate, they just whip it out. They pull your hamstring through your knee and bolt it onto the bottom of your leg. It's very manual. <laughs> and I hope it didn't make anyone get sick of it or dinner or anything there. But uh, that's what they do. They pull their middle <laughs> middle hamstring out through your knee, bolt it onto the uh, onto the bone that comes up from Bottom bone in your leg—I don't know whether it's the femur, or the or the the tibial or fibula or whatever it is—but yeah, that's what they do, and, and and it works. That's the main thing is it works, keeps everything yeah. connected together. So, because uh, I I had I cruciate trouble when I was um, in my late teens as well, um but uh, I actually went to the same surgeon that uh, did Roy Keens and did Van Vanisteroy did his cruciate about six weeks before me. So that's what go. myself and Ruben have in common. Um, that's <laughs> the end of that. That's the end of that. <laughs> end of that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. As, as, as you say, Amy Martinez is. is um, like I'm, I'm delighted. I'm delighted if he comes in. I, I think that the day that it's, it's, it's been, the day of having your goalkeeper and then having your backup being a. A lesser goalkeeper or a substantially lesser goalkeeper is gone because goalkeepers get injured nowadays. They get injured more; like they're more higher, like they're a higher caliber athlete. Number one than they were back in the day. Like you don't have any Kevin Pressmans or Neville Southalls. You know, if you've a Kevin Pressman or Neville, Neville Southall, it's kicking out the ball. He's probably not going to pull his hamstring kicking out the ball because he's not a finely tuned athlete. And this is probably contrary to, to, to what, what you know what might have been taught previously. If you're a finely tuned athlete like Allison, like you see, you see goalkeepers now that have to be super fit. And if you're super fit and you're kicking a ball, you're probably more likely to pull a hamstring You're probably more likely to tear a quad. You're probably more likely to, to do a lower body injury. Maybe not an upper body injury, yes, mm. but a lower body injury. And you need to have somebody who can come in and 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 to do a job there. And I'm not saying that all goalkeepers should go out and put on two or three stone and be like <laughs> that guy for what was that club, the fellow who ate the pie at halftime. Oh, time Um playing Arsenal. No, you're talking uh, about yeah, <laughs> Chelms for Town or something like that. I yeah. can't remember who it was. Uh, but I'm not saying everyone goes out there and does that. But um you know it's 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 a reason. A sports scientists would agree. And that's you know that's a reason why you need to have a, a somebody that comes in because at the Premier League the margins are so fine. That if you have a flapper on goals, you're going to concede goals. Um, and you, you, well, they, need, they need they need to be footballers now as well. Yeah, the game's changed. Absolutely, goalkeeper needs to be
0: comfortable with the ball at his feet. So um, you don't get away with it in the Premier League if you, if your feet aren't good. Um, I'm sure we, we had some amazing goalkeepers over the years that couldn't kick the ball. Mark Bosnich jumps out straight away. Mm-hmm. So I
1: um, couldn't control the ball. Fuck's <laughs> oh, <sick. laughs> sake. But yeah, as I say, and, and look, this isn't any negative. I, I think that Kanlitch and Neiland are gone. I think Jed Steer stays around. And to be honest, with you, I think if we don't get our goalkeeper, the Jed Steer will probably be the guy that starts. Um, just going on the fact that I that that, that people are reporting that Neil and Kanlitch are, are definitely gone, and obviously, Kanlitch is that is, is gone in everyone's book. I, think I thought, Jed be, Steer I thought they'd be gone by up.
0: now, to be honest, but uh, mm. it's, a, it's a strange situation. Um I know I have a little bit of a gras for uh, for Neilan, so if if he goes, I'd l- I, I just have this horrible feeling that he will become a really really good goalkeeper, and we we'll, we we'll have missed out. So for me, send him out on loan somewhere for the year and see where he is after the end of that.
1: That
0: would He's be. He's not a massive
1: I'm... wages. He's not in a huge exactly. contract either. Yeah. You know,
0: Kalinic is. You know, I don't think there's any hope there. I I'd, I'd be more than happy to see him go out for. Whatever we can get for him, basically, to get him off the wage bill and, uh, and
1: move on. He has um, the smack, uh, Karolich of a smack in you know, somebody like Sasuolo or someone like that. And if Saria mm. comes in and signs him or, you know, Girona signs him or like because he yeah. still has international pedigree, you know, there yeah. will be a continental team that will take a goal. Well, there was, him. And there he, was talk he, about Zagreb taking him as well. So you he? never know. He played with Toulouse last year or two, yeah, Toulouse. He was on loan with them for a bit last year as well. Mm-hmm. Like, he could end up in the UEFA League next year, you know. Uh, yeah. the league, should I say next year? And and I wouldn't bat an eyelid at it because I think he's a better goalkeeper than he showed at Villa. And um, I he, it's an enigma to me why he didn't pan out because he was a bloody good goalkeeper before he came to Villa. Um, and it just never worked. He just couldn't no. or didn't want to get up to the pace of it. And, uh, yeah. I think we I think we can all agree we've had some really weird goalkeepers
0: over the last few years. So we've <laughs> even had a
1: fellow who wore trousers, like Gabriel Caray. Oh, yeah. It's uh yeah, it's it's been there's been a lot of turnaround there. It's been a lot of turmoil in goalkeepers, but we've had some good ones too. I think as well when we've got it right, we've got it really right. We've got it 3D, really right, yeah. Um, and and, and it's a position where we can't afford to get really wrong, and we have got no. it really wrong on a number of occasions. So Sam Johnston, we got that right too. Like we we've we've had some decent ones, but the biggest yeah. problem I think with goalkeepers are churn, our, turn, our tor- turnover of goalkeepers. Yeah, if you get a good, good one, then on you to push the boat out
0: there, and, and we and we were in financial mess at that stage, so we couldn't hang on yeah. to. Him.
1: Yeah, and He was a good goalkeeper, Sam Johnson and, yeah. and and I'm sure he'll show it for he's still with West Brom I think isn't he and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure he'll show it in the Premier League this year again um, and that's, oh before we kind of let go of the transfer stuff uh, Ronan Murphy, good Irish name, uh, covers the and he is Irish too, covers the Bundesliga for Goal.com um, He has been reporting today And also Die Schriebe or something like that. My German isn't very good. Newspaper in Germany have reported that Mila Rashica is um, pretty much said that he wants out. And previously it was thought that he wanted to go to Leipzig or he wanted to stay in, in, in Germany. But Leipzig have moved on. They've moved their target. And it looks like they're going to sign someone else. And I can't remember what his name is. Um, I had it written down here. But anyway, the long and the short of it is that Mirat Rashica is back on the table, apparently. And Rona Murphy, who is pretty clued in on all things uh, Bundesliga, has said that Aston Villa have a very, very, very good chance. between ourselves and Napoli. But Napoli don't want to pony up to 25 million for him. And to be honest with you, for 25 million euros as well, not pounds, 25 million <laughs> euros. Get him in. Don't ask questions twice. If he's willing to come, just <laughs> yeah. give him, give him whatever he wants. Give him free passes to the bullring. Allow him, I don't know, into whatever casinos are there, and just like whatever. I don't know what and his the voice that, that John Grew used to. Frequent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what his, I don't know what his voices are, but give him a free pass wherever it is. <laughs> um, I think that he should be there. You know, I, I think that, I, I think that he would be great, a great addition to this team. And we were talking about paying for paying paying twenty five million uh, euros for someone like that. Jesus, yeah, I think you take a shot at him and um, and ask questions afterwards because he's a bloody good player.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, ben Aram is not dead in the water apparently either. So um, I think we, we won't draw a line under him yet
1: either. So, no, uh, the conspiracy we'll theorists. Did you see that? Remember we spoke about that video of Ali uh, Watkins there was a um, a man with light-coloured hair that walked uh, into shot and was told to walk back out again. So if you look at the door, was the door is closing, <laughs> there's a man walks into shot and then is told to walk back out of shot again as if he was, wasn't allowed getting away the, the camera and he had kind of blondie slash light-coloured hair on top. And people were thinking it was Ben Rama. I personally thought it was Deck Pierce uh, from um, you know, Irish Deck Pierce, the, the, all over Twitter, the big Villa fan on Irish radio here. I personally thought it was Deck Pierce. Uh, but until I see Deck Pierce on the pitch holding the shirt, I refuse to believe he signed for Villa. <laughs> um, but yeah, there is conspiracy theorists out there that Ben Rama was there as well today. Yeah. Um, but pff, <laughs>
0: no. maybe he was, but I, I doubt very much they would have made that faux pas in the video. Yeah, <laughs>
1: like put him in there. They would have blurred him out or something like that I'm sure yep. somebody had a decent photoshopping Ability to be able to take him out <laughs> If he was in there But uh, a bit of fun never killed anyone um, But as I say look he is, he is still on the On the table um, You know like Bournemouth must Brentford would counter lucky stars I would say to get 50 million for two players But you know I, I genuinely mean it When I say this and I don't want to be an arse But we've done business with two nice clubs yeah. Uh, two clubs we're familiar with. We've bought Ezra Hanset Scott Hogan um from Brentford previously. We've got a good relationship with them. We've bought Newcastle we bought um Henry Lansbury from Nottingham Forest recently. Mm-hmm. You know, we've gone on to by Matic Cash and both clubs have been very complimentary about how we've done business. So and I know that's talk is cheap and and like who gives a fuck as long as we get winners to go away and win us something. I'm sure a lot of Man City Man City are saying that we don't give a shit about what. Other clubs think of us, you know, as in how we do business, as long as we get the players that we want. But for like, it's, it's good when you're at the bottom of the table that you get a reputation like this because you don't want to be pissing off clubs that you could get, uh, you know, mid tier players on, that can go on to be better and top tier players as well. So I'm happy to hear that.
0: You mentioned Scott Hogan there as well. It looks yeah. like he's going to sign for the Blues. Good luck really? to him. Really? Good luck Tell to him me more, Penny. I, I hope he never has a. season like he did last season again yeah apparently they've been in talks for a while now so I think I don't know whether they're they're waiting on a, a figure to be settled or whatever but allegedly it's a done deal don't quote me on it but that's what I heard today
1: uh do you hear that we're just putting out a podcast to about a thousand listeners uh don't quote him on it don't he said him. right uh, i, I mean remember is, it's paddy it's messenger that, yeah that's it yeah don't quote me on it it's between myself and yourself right yeah nobody else listening Neil, i'm sure <laughs> oh there are seven listeners did i say a thousand i meant seven because uh the thousand was a lie um <laughs> but uh yeah look more power Tim. uh f- a decent wage chunk as well. Uh, well, I, I know he's not the highest earner at Villa, mm. but uh, like, like Henry Lansbury is earning forty forty thousand at uh, uh, at Villa. But uh, Hogan has has a decent. Like the, the, he never did anything wrong. It, he just went to a wrong system, and he could and he never yeah, clawed he it back. Got finished, injured, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah I mean, when he
0: get it, when he get a run, he just couldn't play his way into that system. So he's he's just a different type of player than what we need. So. You know, if, if the blues want them, they can happen. Yeah. Don't see them coming up to haunt us anytime soon. So, <laughs>
1: who is their? Ma- is it? Oh, it's either Karanke, isn't it? Yeah, this. Uh, uh like they have another manager. <laughs> was it I? Did they get rid of Ida Karanke already. Jesus, uh, I don't know. Jesus, they could have. I, I. I don't know. It's uh. Yeah, they go through them like those salts, don't they? Yeah. But um. Uh, yeah, look. As I say, this isn't a Birmingham podcast, nor would it ever be, and uh, it's not. It's not something that we will. Uh, we'll spend too much time talking about because we only talk about relevant things here on this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Scott Hogan. Look, it's seventeen and a half to, half grand off the wage bill. Um as I say, it's he was like it, it's it's jeez, I'd love to and a seventeen and a half grand a week, but um, you know, it's not going to make or break our season to get rid of him. But are they are they paying? Uh, a fee for him, or is it going to be a free transfer? Or we're going to
0: no. I think there's a the fee involved. Yeah, I, I reckon that's what's holding it holding it up. Like I, I doubt very much they let him go for free.
1: Yeah, not to them anyway. know <laughs> oh, no, we do. We've a history of giving them people for half nothing. Um, yeah, but you
0: don't give them something someone for half nothing if he has a decent season with them the week yeah. the year before. Like he did score a, a, a good chunk of goals there, so
1: makes sense.
0: Um, there, there's obviously that that that's why they're signing him. You know, so yeah. we'll see yeah yeah. we'll go Uh, line on that one until that happens exactly
1: the Villa Villa have been playing games this week the Villa ladies I watched on uh, on BT Sport and um, you know they acquitted themselves very well against Man City you know first game in the big time um, and and they acquitted themselves very well they you know they could they they it was a hard-fought game and stuff like that. Look, I'm not going to sit here and proclaim that I know everything about women's football and stuff like that, but I found it an enjoyable mm-hmm. game to watch. And, uh, you know, Man City got, the, got their two goals, but Villa Villa defended well. And off, uh, once they kind of got their, their feet under the table, they defended well and, and they had a couple of chances up at the other end as well. And, uh, you know, I thought it was an enjoyable game. I, I, As I say, I'm not a women's football aficionado, but I'll definitely be checking out Villa's games uh, in future when they are on. So, uh, well done to them. You know, historic moment for them. First game yeah. in, in, the, in the, the top league. And, and long may it continue for them. And I think if they perform like that against most of the teams, considering Man City are, are, are a big fish in, in, in that pond, you know, that, uh, that they'll be okay this year from a, from a, um, a relegation standpoint. And also our under-20... Under-21s? Under-23s. Under-21s. They had a good first half. Against Sunderland, um, but uh, yeah, it didn't really yeah. go their way. But
0: strange, strange old game. Really, um, we learned very early on that they couldn't defend a, fo- a corner, and it mm-hmm. seemed every time they got they conceded a corner, they conceded a goal. Um, they were two 0 down at half time and still in the game, and scored you know a few seconds into the second half with a penalty. Um, some bright lights in there. Disappointed with a couple of the players. Vasilev was very poor. Um Irishman Tarek Roy, I thought was anonymous for most of the game. you you gotta remember this is uh this is a very settled um you know, Sunderland side with some Premier League pedigree in there with, you know, Grant better. Um Gooch,
1: Danny Graham.
0: Aves, they good. Danny Graham scored the goal. Yeah, they they were they were good sides, um, and we, we we played hardball with them for the for I'd say about fifty minutes of the game and then it just it just slowly got better for or easier for um, maybe maybe it was just um caught in the headlights and, and mm-hmm. did all the donkey work early on and then got tired as, as the game went on. But um you know the the two sets of brothers in there, the Ramseys and the Ravens, I thought they were solid, um decent players there to, to call upon in the future, I hope. Um I'm gonna mortar his name now but Junkie Wemke, playing in the middle of the park. Looked a really good player. Carney, will call him, yeah. (laughs) And, um, guy came off the bench called Lewis Brunt, looked suspiciously like, uh, Chris Brunt. (laughs) And it was even when he come on, I was going, geez, Chris Brunt must be nearly 40 at this stage. He couldn't (laughs) have a brother at that age. But, uh, I don't know his background, but he, he looks, he looked like a solid young lad when he come on as well. So, um, there's there's some bright bright uh, lights there, but uh, I I don't know whether it would have been better if it was another under twenty three team with a little bit more experience in there. But um, you know they did well up until that point when they scored their, their only goal, and then it fell apart after that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, look as they say, this is our first competitive game. Of, well, what's their first competitive game because a couple of those guys have been with the senior squad. Like, mm. uh, what's your man, Ken Hayden Kessler has been with the senior squad. Uh, Kearney got a, got a run out with the senior squad. Yeah, Mungo um, Bridge was training Mungo, with them down in Wales, yeah. Exactly, Mungo Br- Bridge was at them. Jacob Ramsey, of course, scored two goals uh, weekend, against yeah. Arsenal at the weekend. So it's not as if that they're unexper- inexperienced. But I suppose really the physicality of a League One team and a seasoned League One team at that, yeah. you know, and you
0: could see the difference in the physicality as well, yeah. especially, especially around the set pieces. they scored a lot of goals from from corners. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be a learning process, and it's it's good for them to get to get those games at exactly. that level. And it can, it can only be, it can only be a help to their progression in the game.
1: Yeah. and I'm going to try and watch as many of those games as I can because I think they're going to be exciting this year and I think we're going to see a lot of players that we probably didn't know about uh, considering mm-hmm. the work that Mark Harrison has done and the work that uh, the personal wants to put in there so it'll be just as exciting to watch the underage teams as well um, Anything else Paddy before we finish up? No, I think that just about sums it up I'm
0: Good, Happy That's enough good. with the purchase for the day and roll on the next few days and we might see yep. some more action yeah, I'd like to see business done before before the Premier League starts at the weekend. I know we're not in action ourselves, but uh, I think when the se- once the season starts, it's hard to get. If we are going to have Premier League players coming in, it's going to be harder to get yeah. them once the season starts and they're in, in their own team system and whatever. But uh, we'll uh,
1: we'll see how we go in the next few days. Exactly, and uh, one of my favorite players in the world at the moment, unfortunately, never going to sign for Aston Villa. But Sandro Tonali has just signed for AC Milan, who I have always supported in the in Serie A as well. So, um, he's, he didn't come to didn't come to Villa, but uh, Jesus, he would have been some player if he came to Villa. But uh, he's gone to AC Milan, and uh, yeah, just popped up my phone, bears no relevance. So, uh, to anything we've spoken it's about, it's a bit of breaking on. news. Just a bit of breaking news, yeah. Um, so thanks very much, Paddy. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. We'll come back to you with any news we get over the next few days, any more signings. I'm working on uh, getting a few in-depth uh, profiling of any signings that we get as well. So hopefully I'll be able to make that click over the next few days and, and be able to release more content. Um, uh, as I say, probably some more bonus episodes and so on. So watch out. Maybe maybe two episodes a day coming at some stage. Fingers crossed if I can uh, get everything together. That I'm hoping to have something along those lines because it'd be nice to look back and see uh, see if the profiling uh, actually does come true for these players. Uh, but thanks very much to everybody for listening. Um, and follow Paddy on at Villa Paddy on Twitter. Follow the podcast on at Love Pod. Um, th- as I said, thanks a million for listening. We, we enjoy all the interaction, and um, for everybody that's out there, I meant to read out some of the some of the great comments we have here, but my phone literally just died as the San- as the uh, Sandra Tenati, uh, news came in there. So apologies, and um, I will read them out the next time. But keep any of your five star uh, ratings coming in your written ratings on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, and um, we will read them out because uh, look, it's nice to give back, and it's nice to you know to to give shout outs to people who've been so nice to say kind words about us. To. So thanks everybody for listening And uh, look we're on a roll now Hopefully the, the checkbook uh, Has been taken well and truly Dusted off out of, out of the cupboard and, and we start to spend it between now and Maybe next Monday or Tuesday And try and get as many players in before we play Sheffield United which just before we go Has been moved to a Monday night So if you book the Saturday off Go back into work on the Saturday and book the Monday off And the Tuesday instead um, So that's going to do it for today All that's left to say is up the villa Up the villa